We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Rotowire Sports Gambling Podcast presented by the best sports book in the land, BetMGM. Uh, make sure if you're doing any wagering, responsible wagering, especially this weekend on the NFL, you're doing it over at BetMGM. And get this, if you use our promo code BETROTO, B-E-T-R-O-T-O, that's BETROTO. Uh, if you use that at BetMGM.com or on the BetMGM app, uh, your first wager John McKechnie will be risk-free. I am Nick Whalen. I am joined, as always, by my trusted comrade over at Rotowire, John McKechnie. Uh, Jonathan, only two teams on by this week, so we, we get an extra game compared to these last couple of weeks. Uh, very much looking forward to diving into Week Eight with you. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we we only are, are missing the the Chiefs and the Chargers, so that mm-hmm. that obviously hurts us for for fantasy in in a lot of spots. But yeah, yeah. It, bottom line here, we get 15 games this weekend. Yeah, no, and a and a London game. Uh, I know we'll we'll dig into that. So I mean, oh, yeah. what's not to love? Yeah, Jags heading across the pond. Uh, the Denver Broncos heading across the pond. Uh, you know, poor Broncos, poor Jerry Judy, getting no sleep on that eight hour flight. Uh, Russell what Wilson is, um, just just bounding around. What is the worst behavior that you've witnessed on an airplane before? Hmm. To be honest, I, you know, I've heard the horror stories. You, you'll see the videos like on Twitter and whatnot. I have not had too many terrible experiences myself. And I, I'll admit this, you know, on air, uh, my favorite snack in the world is beef jerky. I always bring a bag of beef jerky when I'm on a plane. Uh, I've recently realized beef jerky, you know, not everybody loves that smell. So I might be, there might be someone else on a podcast out there right now saying, yeah, I saw it next to this guy on a flight back from Vegas and he ate two bags of beef jerky and smelled up the entire plane. So I, I feel like I'm trying to be self-aware here. I might be the offender in these situations. That, that's an interesting, interesting call. You know, like that, that wouldn't register uh, for me mm. as, as offensive, but then again, uh, <laughs> obviously neither of us are vegans or, or vegetarians. Uh, so yeah. I, I love the smell of beef jerky. And Same you know, here. It's, sometimes uh, there there are certain snacks, certain things that just hit a little bit different in the air, like ginger ale, obviously being one of them. And and you oh, know yeah. maybe beef jerky at altitude. Uh, maybe there maybe there is something to that. So yeah, um, fair point. Um, one time I did see someone who brought their own hard boiled eggs, pre peeled. 
Um, I would do that. It just it is, but like the the visceral sight of like seeing these like shellless like slimy eggs like coming out of a ziploc mm-hmm. and just kind of being eaten in this strange fashion. Uh, did not love that. Uh, that that was yeah. on a flight home for Thanksgiving a few years back, and uh, <laughs> I've not forgotten. Yeah, never forget, never forget. That's for sure. Uh, I, I've, I mean, I've had some instances of like people bringing animals where you're really questioning, like, is this really? Uh, do you really need this thing? You, you know, you couldn't have packed it away and like where whatever they do when you normally fly with an animal. I've never done that myself. Um, but no, I, I I can't complain too much. You know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty amenable uh when it comes to traveling I, I could put up with a decent amount you know just throw the airpods in uh i watched the the dream team documentary on my last flight uh, a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago you know i usually i always preload something and uh I, i'm, I'm kind of zoned out you know but usually when i fly with molly I, I i try to sit separately I'm like i don't want any distractions i don't want to talk to anybody i just want to relax uh and, and knock out a show or a documentary or whatever it might be um but hey what, what do you say we talk week eight in the nfl um, we, we had some big trades this week. The trade deadline, of course, just days away. I, I don't think uh, Robert Quinn, Kadarius Tony, and James Robinson will be the last dominoes to fall. But those are the big names this week. Kadarius Tony earlier today uh, on Thursday being traded from the Giants to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it, not a move that will have an immediate impact, of course, with the Chiefs on by, but uh, kind of a nice runway now for Kadarius Tony. Um, you know, to, to join that receiving core and and uh, presumably be active for week nine, but James Robinson, I, I think we'll see him this week for the New York Jets, of course, post Brees Hall injury uh, and Robert Quinn. We'll see uh, about Philadelphia. W- wouldn't be surprised if he gets some snaps. No, I, th- I think Quinn Quinn should get in the mix. You know, uh, his, his job is to rush the passer. Uh, that that, that, is true. that applies both in a Chicago Bears uniform or a Philadelphia Eagles one. So, yeah, I, I could see him maybe not playing as many snaps uh, as usual, but, um, you know, certainly having an impact potentially against the Stillers. Um, as far as the, the Tony one, Tony one's interesting um, mm-hmm. because, you know, you look at it, he's only a year removed from being drafted and he's done nothing. But the Giants kind of, in my opinion, did well for themselves to get a third round pick, like getting a day two selection for, you know, what what has been all theory and no practice to, to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's strong uh, on the part of the G-men. Um, of course, Tony is is interesting when, when he when he is on the field and I, I think that anytime that someone goes to the Chiefs that their stock goes up just by virtue of them going into an Andy Reid offense Patrick Mahomes is this the the spot where he finally gets unlocked I stopped short of being like overly optimistic um, I, I think it it's a it's a pretty stark uh, you know indictment maybe on on Sky Moore but at the same time as far as Kadarius Tony is concerned. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs do mix mix and match as far as like Hardman, MBS, uh, and Juju outside and in the slot. Tony, m- mostly a slot guy. So we'll see how he fits in there. But, you know, we, we've had years and years of sample of, you know, dating back to his time at Florida where it's like, yeah, he's probably like the best player that they have in this receiving core, you know, say for Kyle Pitts back then. Um, and yet the production never really met the potential. So I, I wonder if, if Kansas city will be the spot, but I'm, I call me skeptical on it. If ever there was a spot, it's Kansas right. city, right? I mean, if you can't make it work with, with Patrick Mahomes and and that receiving core, which it feels like they don't really need another guy, but then you go look at the depth chart and you know, sky Moore has been okay. He's had some, some high profile mistakes on special teams. Hasn't made a huge impact as a receiver. So maybe they view this. Uh, as either a slight upgrade over Sky Moore or just some insurance uh, should Sky Moore or someone like McCole Hardman go down. But 
I, I like this as kind of a nice buy low opportunity for the Chiefs. And, you know, with a lot of these trades so far, it, it kind of feels like the rich getting richer. Uh, this is a, a great example of that. Uh, looking at the teams that are in action this week, we will do our, our usual exercise, point out some lines, uh, maybe some totals as well that look either a little too high or a little too low. Uh, right now, John, wh- which are some lines that, that are too high to you? Um, so I, I think Seattle and Indianapolis are the, are the two that, that kind of jump off the page to me. Neither are, you know, the, neither are massive numbers, but they're home favorites. And that's understandable to, to certain extents. But in the case of Indianapolis, you have a guy in Sam Ellinger coming in. The offense just kind of out of necessity is going to have to look a lot different. Like we, we've talked a ton this year about the way that they, for no real apparent reason, were just way overly pass happy. I know Jonathan Taylor missed some time, of course, but uh, it, when you're basically copying the early season Jets game plan, uh, as far as just having this like rickety old veteran hucking it sixty times, it's like that's <laughs> that's not that's not working it working either. Now Ellinger, he was someone that I was skeptical was even going to get drafted, um, mm-hmm. and I, I think that there's some things that he can do that I, that are appealing for fantasy purposes. But as far as tailoring the the whole offense around him, I, I posed this question on on Twitter the other day. Uh, once he got named the starter, it's like, what it, what does the best case scenario Sam Ellinger outcome look like? Is is it maybe like end of end of rookie season? Jalen Hurts is is the best mm-hmm. you can expect um, because it was, the guardrails were definitely on for Hurts early on in in his uh, NFL tenure. Things have obviously gotten a ton better since then, but um, you know, I'm just skeptical that that Ellinger. Even if Hertz wasn't the best passer co- coming out of college, he was still significantly better than than what Ellinger was. Um, so Ellinger, not a true rookie, but I, I still feel like all this being said, Washington obviously coming off their win last week, and the the just sheer question mark that you have with Indianapolis, I, I don't know how they can be favored by by a field goal. I would have, I would have expected this to be closer to like a pick them, I guess. I agree. I agree. Um, I I do feel like there's there's significant momentum behind Ellinger. Like I, I think there might be something here, you know, that at a great preseason, I think he has a decent amount of support in that building. And to me, this feels like in some ways it feels like a change for the sake of change type of move. But I also think if they had done that, they would have gone with Nick full. So I'm, I'm optimistic that we're going to see a completely different style of offense because I, I think going from Ryan to Foles would have been maybe a slight upgrade at best, but you're, you're about the same type of player. Whereas at least with Ellinger, you're getting a completely different type of quarterback. You're getting kind of a run first quarterback. I mean, the Jalen Hurts comp is apt. Very similar players at the college level. Obviously, we'll be surprised if Sam Ellinger is in the MVP conversation in a couple of years. But for an offense that has been so sluggish, you know, has not been able to get Jonathan Taylor going. Uh, there's definitely a world in which this is a total disaster and it's worse than it was with Matt Ryan. But I'm inclined to believe that th- they needed some sort of shakeup, and I'm glad that they're doing the more drastic version of that going with Ellinger. You know, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, RPO, things like that. Like hopefully that does something to unlock Jonathan Taylor because, you know, clearly the Colts needed to do something. But at the end of the day, yeah, there's enough variance here that I am pretty surprised to see the Colts holding as three-point favorites, uh, especially with Washington coming off of a win over Green Bay. And and obviously that doesn't mean quite as much now as as it would have a couple weeks ago. But nonetheless, uh, a hard-fought win over a more talented team uh, to me, I wanted to ask you about Falcons Panthers. I don't really think these teams are all that different. Maybe some better high end talent on the side of the Atlanta Falcons. 
And, you know, much, much like Washington, you, you kind of have to wonder how much stock you really put into Carolina beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Falcons four point favorites at home. Is that about right to you? Um, I felt like this was a this was like an interesting buying opportunity on the Falcons. And I believe this this has got to be the first time that the Falcons have been uh, favored this season. And it's well documented on on this pod that they've been covering machines. Uh, obviously, that that oh, yeah. ended uh, last week. But I think they can get back on track. And this was a line that I think was, you know, closer to five, five and a half before the the outcomes of last weekend's games. And I still I don't take anything away from that Panthers win. I think that that just says more about the the Bucks and and sleepwalking and and you know maybe the Panthers just waiting a week to have their uh, post Matt Rule firing type of uh, you know good performance. Um, but they they go down to Atlanta this time around. I feel like I would be comfortable with taking the Falcons up to five five and a half um, and and feel pretty good about it. So I, I just think that PJ Walker uh, is so erratic that the disaster ball uh can happen at, at any moment i guess the the big thing on the falcon side is their cut co- their coverage uh might be in question with, with aj terrell uh right. being a little bit dinged up and you know you got to keep that in mind but i don't think walker's the guy that can hurt them for that like the way that joe burrow could obviously a week ago so um i don't think that that is going to end up being that big of a deal for atlanta so in general we think joe burrow's better than pj walker just just to clarify I, you know, we've been we've been uh, you know called hot take artists uh, yeah. on Twitter like this whole season, and and you know what? Here's another one. <laughs> uh, all right, the other teams that I, I had as as potentially too high, I I actually didn't really feel like there were too many this week. Uh, do the Dallas Cowboys deserve to be such heavy favorites this week over the Chicago Bears? Nine and a half points is the line there. Dallas is at home, uh, week two with Dak Prescott back, but likely no Ezekiel Elliott and. You know, we just saw the Chicago Bears shellac the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football. Right. So that this one makes me a little bit uneasy just because I'm not completely sold that Dallas's offense, and especially with no Zeke, um, is going to hit its full stride in this one. Mm-hmm. And 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 so that's a lot of points to be trusting with, with a team that, you know, d- despite kind of what we think of mentally as the Dallas Cowboys, like it, it is a defer, defense and run first type of outfit at least thus far this season so uh, we're talking about you know them needing to beat the bears by 10 points and the bears are going to be you know like r- running the clock out uh, we definitely saw that th- this past monday but they were also you know scoring while doing that i don't expect that to be the case i think it's interesting that the bears they probably have like the the lowest amount of pass attempts in the league and i do know that they have the most sacks allowed so that's that's a, a tough recipe when you've got Micah Parsons and company uh, on the other side of you th- this time around. So um, I do love the Cowboys for for Survivor in in that instance, but nine and a half, uh, I I do feel like you said, um, like that might be a little too high. Yeah, it, it says a lot that they've been sacked that many times with a quarterback as strong and fast as Justin Fields, who got out of like ten possible sacks this past Monday, um, and he has 136 pass attempts on the year, by the way, which. Uh, that is 14 fewer than the Falcons, the Titans, uh, the Eagles are actually bottom five in that. Uh, of course they've had a bye week so that's a big part of it. But, uh, yeah, Chicago far and away, uh, the, the league leader, uh, as far as avoiding the pass, uh, New England on the other side of that Chicago game last week, uh, the, the Patriots now come into, to week eight, big divisional game against the New York jets. This is the biggest game between these two teams in a long time, at least seven, eight years, maybe going all the way back. Uh, to the Mark Sanchez era, 
Patriots sitting as three-point favorites on the road. Uh, we know Mac Jones is going to start. I, I still don't really feel like this quarterback situation is settled. I don't think we've seen the last of Bailey Zappi for this season. But uh, based on how much of a disaster, especially that second half was for the New England Patriots, uh, how surprised are you that they're three-point favorites? And that number has climbed a little bit. I think it opened at two or two and a half, now seeing three at BetMGM. Obviously, the Jets don't have Brees Hall, but I, I guess I've kind of been trying to decide in my head, like, is it better or worse for the Jets that the Patriots lost that game on Monday? Like, would it be better if they were coming in with momentum? Or if you're the Jets, are you saying, oh boy, now they're they're going to be pissed off. Bill Belichick is not letting that happen again. Right. I, I, I think I'm more concerned because of what happened on Monday night. Okay. And, and uh, you know, you, you run into a situation where, you know, a lot of the times, and, you know, it's popular to, to say on, on Twitter, like running backs don't matter, but for the Jets, uh, Brees Hall absolutely mattered. Um, mm-hmm. and, and any way that you can get you know positive momentum going on offense despite having Zach Wilson at quarterback uh that that's something that that's hugely crucial to to your offensive success overall and now he's out of the equation I like Michael Carter um James Robinson hot start to the season fizzled a little bit interested to see what what he does there but um you know all told I think that this this does set up um for the Patriots to win and and yeah it was lower earlier this week and now it's climbed to three um, so that that's pretty interesting. I think that goes to show that people are uh, one not buying the Jets and and their recent run of success, and and two uh, definitely buying in on on the idea of a Patriots bounce back. Yeah, and, and rightfully so. I I do think the Mac Jones component of this is is all of a sudden really interesting because it, it felt like he had already become this this really high floor game manager last season. And there's a little bit of slippage towards the end of the year. And um, obviously, it hasn't been great this season. But I'm I'm more inclined to believe that Mac Jones probably could have replicated what Bailey Zappi did these last few weeks, a fully healthy Mac Jones. I, I, I don't think he deserved to lose his job. I, I'm kind of surprised how much uh, the, the fan momentum, especially, seems to be behind Zappi. I mean, I, I think that they they're clearly chasing the ghosts of Tom Brady, right? You know, like this unheralded late round selection uh mm-hmm. you know just kind of coming out of nowhere uh for a a you know more highly touted type of yep. early round starter you know the drew bledsoe i i bledsoe obviously was a lot better than mac jones and everything but um it i don't know i think the patriots fans for as as solid as mac jones has been and I, I think i would just stop it solid I, I wouldn't call him good despite the fact that he played in the pro bowl and Gave us one of the worst gritties uh, we've ever seen. Um, yeah, yeah. Even even with all that in mind, it, it does feel like the Patriots fans were have have grown tired of Mac Jones already. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that that that's really what it all says, and it it it, yeah. it all says to me. And you know, so Zappy just kind of has that like folk hero type of like background to to him to where like I I can understand uh, getting swept up in that because I do get swept up in that. I do love Bailey Zappy. I love the idea of the Patriots like exclusively searching for quarterbacks late in drafts. Like they're they're trading their first round pick to get into the sixth round to try to find that guy. <laughs> Let's see if we can just do something that's only been done once in NFL yes. history again. <laughs> it's the only way. Um, I, I want to talk about one total, and we could use this as a vehicle to uh, to discuss Dolphins at Lions. Right now, we're yes. seeing Dolphins three and a half over at BetMGM. This total is sitting at fifty one and a half, John. And that is the highest total on the board. It's the only total north of 50 this week. 
Uh, on one hand, I get it. You know, these are these are two teams that have shown at times this season that they could be explosive offenses. And I think more importantly, we have two defenses, especially Detroit's, uh, that we do not trust whatsoever. But the Miami Dolphins have scored more than 21 points one time this season. That was that crazy week two game against Baltimore. They've scored 17 points or fewer in four straight games. Uh, meanwhile, Detroit was the highest scoring team in the league through four weeks. They have scored six points and zero touchdowns in their last eight quarters. And, and a bye week is in there as well. Came out extremely flat against Dallas last week. Uh, again, I get it. These are not good defenses, but do we trust these offenses at this point to push this over? I don't think I do. And it is, you know, the, the total and the spread, you know, it, it paints a certain picture, you know, that this just basically says that the dolphins buck that trend that you mentioned of mm-hmm. scoring well over 21 points and the lions being able to keep pace uh, and, and keep this one close, keep it to, to near a field goal. And, Boy, it it is hard to trust the Lions offense right now. It feels like what whatever they were pulling early this season. I know that Amon Ross St. Brown got hurt early in the game last week. They still have been without Swift. Not sure if he's going to be ready to roll uh this coming Sunday. And you know, it's I just don't know if the if the Lions hold up their end of the bargain offensively and then de- defensively we know that that they're going to be vulnerable. So uh, in my column and earlier in the week, I I kind of pseudoscience to my way into thinking this is going to be a Dan Campbell special and the, and the Lions find a way to like pull out this gritty victory. But like, as I've let that marinate, this feels a lot more like a a Lions 31 or I'm sorry, Dolphins 31 Lions 17 type of game. So that's actually close to the number, but, but still under. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised at our staff picks column on the site. I was the only one of the five, uh, pickers who, who who took the Dolphins to cover this game. Everyone else went Detroit. Uh, I made the Dolphins my best bet. Uh, they, I don't know if I'm going to make them my best bet on this podcast. I'm you know, trying to diversify my best bets, give, give myself multiple chances here uh, each week. I, I need to take whatever I can get on that front. But I was surprised. I, I don't really see a lot of juice with the Lions right now. And I, I know St. Brown is supposed to be back at full force this week. But you know DeAndre Swift still banged up. I think that, that he was a big part of the reason uh, why they had all those explosive plays early on. You know, he, he was a, a full practice participant this week. It does sound like he's going to play, but I, I don't know that we can necessarily trust him to stay healthy. Like whatever magic they had those first three, four games of the year, um, I, I feel like it might be lost. And and honestly, if they lose this game, I hate to say it, but Dan Campbell, possibly on the hot seat. You know, the results have not necessarily matched the amount of publicity and, and the personality that he has. No, exactly. And, you know, I think, you could have definitely stomached those the early season record, you know, with them going like one and three in their in their first four games. But it's like, oh, they were so close in in each one of those. But that Patriots shutout just kind of seems to have like wrecked this team yeah. essentially, and and uh, we haven't seen them with much punch uh, since then. Obviously, the bye week included, but but so not as many opportunities. But but still, you know, they they kind of you know the panic button needs to be at least on the table now. All right, let's go to the other side. Which lines do you stand out as as too low? I had a hard time with this one this week, but I, I know you have a couple in mind. So uh, I, I did feel like the the um, for for too low, uh, the Falcons, uh, you know, we, we talked that out a, a decent bit. The, the Cowboys, uh, I've I've flipped my my thinking on, on that one. I, I, do, I think that, that line is about right, if not a little bit too high. Um, mm-hmm. But 
beyond that, I think that the Raiders, the way that they played last week, I know it was against the Texans, and I know that they were coming off a bye, but um, it looks like Josh Jacobs is just like, you know, a machine, a man possessed right now. I mean, this is the best he's looked running the ball, even like dating back to his Alabama days, honestly. And then, uh, you know, as long as I know they've had like a bit of like an illness issue going around the mm-hmm. locker room, but like if Devontae Adams is out there, if Darren Waller comes back, I could just see them um, really kind of being at full strength. And, and this New Orleans team is anything but that's kind of been their their story all year, just missing so many key components for, uh, to to really stay competitive. And, you know, I, I, I really grade them sharply for, for uh, the way that they played last week against mm-hmm. Arizona. So I, I feel like even with the, the home field advantage in, in New Orleans, um, I still feel like the Raiders win this one. And I would, I would have taken them like, you know, up to three and a half. So for, for this to be close to a pick them, I love the Raiders in this spot. And then uh, the Titans, um, they're playing the Texans and they're only, they only have to win by a field goal. I love that. I like that too. I, I feel like that's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be one where it's ever like 20 to three Titans. Like I, I think the Titans will be in, they'll quietly be in control the entire game, but there will be one possession or one play where you start to think, Oh boy, Houston might steal this. Mm-hmm. And eventually Tennessee probably wins something like, you know, 19 to 13 uh, as the, as they're want to do. Cause I mean, Ryan Tannehill still a little banged up. I'm not sure. Uh, how he'll hold up in this game, especially if he takes any hits early on. But uh, to me, this just this kind of screams Titans infrastructure game for me, where it's like they don't they don't lose these type of games. Uh, with, you know, where the Jags and the Colts, so they'll, they'll struggle uh, with the Houston Texans, but but the Tennessee Titans do not. Uh, the Raiders for me, this one is tough. I I really want to trust the Raiders here. I, I feel like they're starting to put some things together. I watched most of that game last week against Houston. They didn't take the lead for good in that game until the fourth quarter. It was not the blowout that it looked like it was at all. Uh, they were trailing you know, virtually the entire first half. They tied it up just before halftime, went back and forth in the third quarter, uh, got a pick six late in that one to, to kind of add another touchdown. Like I, It was not as convincing as you would think. So I, I still do not find myself trusting the Raiders week to week. And I mean, their injury report is troublesome. You mentioned the illness, but virtually all of their key position players were on the injury report as of Thursday. Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs himself, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Mac Hollins, Darren Waller. Um, almost all those guys I feel like will play. We'll, we'll see about Waller. I mean, he's he's been kind of a game-time decision, it feels like, every single week. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if they get tripped up here. I mean, teams always seem to have trouble going down in New Orleans. And for some reason, the Saints are moving the ball with Andy Dalton. I mean, they, they, they lost to the Cardinals by one score in a game where they threw back-to-back pick sixes and another pick in the end zone on what looked like it was going to be a touchdown drive. So... I don't know. I feel like we came out of that game really down on the Saints, but given the circumstances, I actually think this offense is playing okay. Yeah, I mean that that's totally fair. Uh, you know, pushback on on that because yeah, without those, you know, just really uh, hugely damaging pick sixes, uh, courtesy of Andy Dalton. Uh, you know that that's a that ends up being a totally different game. I actually. Uh, liked the Saints to to cover that one, so maybe, maybe I'm a little bit bitter. Um, but no, uh, that I will let go. Um, but I do feel like Dalton, the the possibility is always there for for him to to make that that colossal error oh, yeah. that that you know ends up you know benefiting uh, the Raiders on the scoreboard. So so that's kind of where I'm going with it. And I, I do feel like as long as the Raiders have most of those of those guys, particularly 
uh, Adam's car and and Jacobs, then they should be mm-hmm. you know in in good position here. Yeah, and we're watching that Saints injury report equally closely. Uh, you know, they both of their tight ends are banged up. It doesn't sound like Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry are trending in the right direction for Sunday. Uh, and Marshawn Lattimore and Paulson Adebo, who both missed last week's game against Arizona, uh, they're not guarantees either. So you know, if if half or more of those guys end up being out, then I start feeling a lot better uh, about the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I, I want to talk some some rookie of the year post Brees Hall. Uh, I want to throw some divisional odds at you as well. And then of course we'll hit the rest of the games uh, in week eight that we have not touched on yet. However, I'm doing the read this week and I don't feel good about it because I hit my best bet. I did the unthinkable. I defied the odds, uh, but so did you. And as we yeah. agreed prior to week one, this thing rolls over. Uh, so, you know, I, I need you essentially to, to lose your best bet to get me off the shine. If we both keep hitting our best bets the rest of the way, I keep doing the read. It, it, rules are rules. Standard is the standard. You're right. That's right. Uh, all right. Here we go. Buckle up. Kick off week eight of the NFL season with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using the bonus code BETROTO. That's B-E-T-R-O-T-O. And your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. You must be 21 years or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. You lucky dogs. This is a new customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards are issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Pop quiz, John, are the rewards withdrawable? Not even a little bit. They are not. That is correct. Not even close. Don't even think about withdrawing them. They are non-withdrawable. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. This excludes, of course, our friends, uh, the disassociated persons of Michigan, Please, please, we're begging you, gamble responsibly. Do you have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 in Tennessee or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, listen up. In Ontario, if you have any questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting, unfortunately, is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and of course, in other states where it's prohibited. Promotional offers, finally, are not available in Nevada or New York. Well done. Ooh, right. I feel like I just nice. ran a marathon. Sizzled it, man. Yeah, we're getting we're getting better and better at these uh, with with each passing week. A lot of practice, that's for sure. Uh, let's continue our our look ahead to week eight. But uh, first, as as I teased before the read, 
Uh, let's take a peek at those rookie of the year odds. And we've been checking in on these periodically throughout the year uh, over at BetMGM. But we, we lost last week's leader, Brees Hall. And in what's been a very strange year for rookies, we don't really have any quarterbacks that have taken taken the reins other than Kenny Pickett. And that hasn't gone that well. We now have somebody who has started exactly, what, two games now? Kenneth Walker, mm-hmm. uh, who is the leader at uh, plus 200 over at BetMGM. We got Damian Pierce at three to one. Chris Olave plus 750. Then a big gap uh, down to Brian Robinson, Wandale Robinson, and Drake London all at 16 to one. Do you buy that based on these odds, this is somewhat of a three-man race at this point between Walker, Pierce, and Olave? Yeah, it, it's obviously shaping up that way. And, you know, it stinks to see uh, Brees Hall go go down. Uh, you know, hope he's back for the start of, of next season. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pretty clear that that those three, um, you know, have you know way way better odds, um, way higher odds that, than the likes of uh, you know your Brian Robinson, Wandale, and Drake London. Um, so I, I think if I were, were to take a long shot, it would probably be on Wandale Robinson. I, I think that you know, not that Tony had been playing a ton in New York, but I think that we're going to start to see Wandale get much more involved as the season unfolds and if the Giants keep playing well stay in the in the playoff hunt and Wandale Robinson is producing uh you know kind of waking up a, a kind of sleepy passing offense that then th- the case will be there but Walker is going to be tough to tough to unseat and I think that he has an edge over Pierce because one I think he's the better player mm-hmm. um two I think he, he's kind of it on the better team uh, so I think that's going to help his cause a, a little bit. And, and I, I think the the overall production is going to end up uh, being better, even if Pierce was, was you know, obviously playing more than Walker mm-hmm. um, earlier on in, in the year, save for, you know, of course, the, the Rex Burkhead game. Olave, if you're still a believer like myself, plus 750 ain't half bad. You know, we, he's been kind of hovering around that that 10 to one type of figure. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, plus 750. That's still enough to where I feel like we're going to see some more weeks where the Saints are shorthanded minus Chris Olave. So Olave is going to kind of be the the main component of that o- offense other than Alvin Kamara. So he's definitely going to have his chances as, as well. But I just worry that the Saints kind of uh, like the Texans maybe fall by the wayside a little bit in terms of, um, you know, their competitiveness a- as a team. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, if Seattle can somehow kind of continue this miraculous season, uh, stay in the playoff hunt, then, you know, that and Walker's a big part of it, then, you know, this is this is the time to to go with him. And we, we're not going to see him in the in the plus column. We're going to see him, you know, m- minus 100, minus 150 mm-hmm. if, if things continue to trend this way. So if you're in on Walker by now. Yeah, I like all that. No notes for me. Uh, I will say, I think this is going to continue to shift. Like, you know, chances are at, at some point, Walker or Pierce could miss a week or two with an injury. Um, and, and you know, that's what happened to Brees Hall, right? I mean, he was, it seemed like cruising, uh, toward being the leader, uh, in, in, for this award, you know, as long as he was staying healthy and it, it does feel like week to week, you know, if, if Isaiah Pacheco, for example, comes out of the bye and he's actually the RB one in KC and he rips off like 120 yards with two touchdowns, all of a sudden we're going to see him at like nine to one, you know, like all that, all it's going to take is none of these guys, like for as great as Kenneth Walker has looked for as great as Damian Pierce has looked like you know, they're, they're not exactly setting the world on fire. Walker's been very good for two weeks, but didn't really do anything before that. Like the end of year numbers are not going to be mind blowing. So I, I don't think as we near the halfway point, uh, I don't think this is over at all. I, I think there'll be at least one or two more guys who put together a couple strong weeks in a row. And 
in a season like this, that's going to be enough to propel you uh, into this debate. So it will be really fun to watch uh, how that develops. Real quickly, I want to go through uh, a few divisional uh, numbers that I dug up at BetMGM. Uh, well, not not going to hit every division, of course. You know, some of them are you know have more clear favorites than others. But uh, the Bengals to win the AFC North right now, sitting at plus one eighty. Uh, of course, the Baltimore Ravens, the other contender there. Um, at the time that I was doing my research here, we we did not know about the Jamar Chase injury. We now know that he'll miss a significant time. Uh, we'll be back at some point uh, during the regular season, but could be four to six weeks. Uh, how does that change things for you? And and do you like the Bengals right now at plus money? I, I'd like them, you know, regardless. I, obviously, they're a better team when, when Jamar Chase is out there. Like no, no one would say otherwise. And we saw instances earlier this year where T. Higgins wasn't out there, and and you know maybe that this Bengals team really does need all three uh, to be to be hitting on all on mm-hmm. all cylinders. But I think that the Bengals should be able to get by with with the combination of, of Higgins. And Tyler Boyd, they're going to need a, a third guy to step up, you know, on right. the outside, maybe get uh, Mixon a little bit more involved. Maybe maybe they have to throw to Hayden Hurst a little bit more, that that type of thing. But it does feel like the Bengals overall have kind of like shaken off the rust that they were showing in September. And it looks like they're, you know, they're, they're definitely trending in, in a good direction, uh, even with this chase injury. And I, I just don't I don't believe in the Ravens as as a favorite. Um, mm-hmm. in this division. So at, at plus money with, with the Bengals, like I, I definitely am in on that despite this chase injury. How about the the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East? I, I'm omitting the Giants from this. I, I refuse to acknowledge them as a good team, despite the fact that they have a better record than the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys did beat them straight up, however. Uh, Dallas plus 450 right now. And if the way that we talk about the Eagles and how good the Eagles have looked, it feels like they should have like a five-game cushion in the division. That's not the case at all. I mean, they are, they're a half game ahead of the New York giants right now. They're one game up in the loss column. Um, and you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys are sitting there at five and two. Those teams have not played each other yet at full strength. Um, uh, what, what do you make of this? I mean, we, we saw Dallas put up a decent fight come from behind with Cooper rush, not playing well a couple of weeks ago. Right. So, I mean, the, the Cowboys are competitive and I think that they are the better team overall than the giants. And, and of course that, that ends up being reflected in the odds as well, Washington uh, dwindling way down uh, in in fourth there. In, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not betting the, the Commanders. I want to make that clear. No, yeah, not even with Taylor. We, we're going to need Sam Howell time for for me. <laughs> we should we should put that in the read. Like, if you're betting the Commanders, please call this number. <laughs> but no, we 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 can we can have our people talk to the people. Get get that in the copy. Um, but long story short, I'm just I'm not convinced enough yet that the Cowboys offense is going to click into gear uh, to where that they're able to like overtake this Eagles team. Like you said, it's a really good point. Like that the Eagles, despite how good they've been, they haven't really been able to put distance uh, between themselves and, and the rest of the division yet just yet. But I think that will come over the course of the second half. I, I, I think that the Cowboys and the giants have both overperformed uh, mm-hmm. to this point. Um, so I, I, I don't think I would, even at the, at, that plus four fifty figure, I'm probably still not plunking down on the Cowboys. Okay, we got time for one more. Can I sell you on anyone but the Buccaneers in the NFC South? Uh, with how the Bucks have looked, kind of amazing that they're still minus two fifty. But at the same time, it's like, well, am I going to bet the Panthers? Do I really feel better about the Saints? Could it be the Atlanta Falcons at three to one? You know what? Uh, the Falcons would be my answer to to this question. That the schedule is not too tricky. They obviously have 
have the Panthers this weekend. They get them one more time this year. That certainly helps. And, you know, the rest of the schedule is pretty favorable. It's not overly daunting uh, there for the Falcons. So I, I feel like that if the Buccaneers just kind of continue their relative free fall and like that they end up winning only nine games, then, you know, I, the Falcons should be within shouting distance of them. So again, uh, you, you're not expecting this. I, I do believe, that, like you said, that that the Bucks this is their division to lose because this division is mostly full of losers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if there if there's one who could maybe um, put it together just enough, I, I think it is the Falcons. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, the Saints to me are, are lurking at this point. Uh, I, I just don't know that we've really seen enough from them. Um, you know, post Sean Payton, it just doesn't quite feel like they have that same uh, level of danger. Uh, let, let's get to the rest of the games that we have not hit on quite yet. Uh, and, you know, we, we briefly talked about Broncos Jags in London at the top of the show, but we haven't really discussed our feelings on this game. Jags opened as three point favorites. That number is down slightly uh, now sitting at two and a half with the news that Russell Wilson uh, almost certainly going to be under center for the Denver Broncos. I'll ask you straight up. Does it even matter? Do, do you feel dramatically, you know, or even any differently about the Broncos offense with Russell Wilson versus what we saw from Ripian last week? Yeah, I mean, it was tough scene from Rippin, but it's been tough scene for for Wilson this entire season. I just I have to believe that it it's going to somehow work at some point, despite mounting evidence to to the contrary. Maybe the the week off for Russ. Uh, is going to be just what what he needed, and he'll come back. I'm not going to say he's going to come out and look like 2014 Seahawks Russ, but um, yeah, it's got to be at least a little bit better. And I think that the Jaguars seem to be kind of in in free fall mode a little bit. Not that the Broncos aren't either in their own right, but um, I just I'm going to take the team that's getting the points in, in this one. Like if 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 it was the Jags. Uh, as three point dogs, then I'd probably be on them. Um, so I'm just going to go, I'm chasing points in this one. So I, I will end up going Broncos, but obviously gross game, <sighs> gross, gross game. Uh, I, it, I'm interested to see how the Jags respond like post James Robinson trade. Like, obviously it's not that big of a deal uh, in terms of how it affects the roster. You have a, a great player waiting in the wings in ETN. But to me, that was kind of a signal of, you know, we're not punting on the season, but Hey, we just gave up a valuable piece of our team to build more for the future. And, you know, oftentimes you see, uh, you you think back to like Roquan Smith's reaction to the Robert Quinn trade Mm. earlier this week, like that has an effect on the players. You know, when the front office is, is kind of sending directives that, uh, Hey, we don't like the direction that things are moving. And I mean, the Jags to me, they're, they just, they beat themselves every single week. They, they finally have a, a reasonably talented roster and, you know, changing coaches doesn't seem to matter. Changing schemes doesn't seem to matter. They just, they can't put it together. And if there's a team that could find a way uh, to lose to the Broncos at a neutral site, I, I think it's the Jags. So I'm with you on that one. I'll be on the Broncos this weekend. Uh, we hit on Panthers, Falcons. We talked some Bears, Cowboys. Uh, same with Dolphins, Lions. Cardinals, Vikings uh, has not come up much here. Vikings coming off of a bye, sitting at five and one. Uh, the Cardinals, uh, a long week for them as well. Uh, they played at home on Thursday uh, against the Saints last week. Vikings three and a half point favorites at BetMGM. Yeah, this this has the potential to be you know one of the more fun games that, that we get on, on Sunday. Um, they're both going to be well rested. Um, cards coming off the mini buy, Vikes the actual buy. Um, 
you know, the Cardinals or I'm sorry, the Vikings have an impressive re- record. And, you know, we talked about it last week where it's like the, the Vikings are, are neither overrated nor underrated um, mm-hmm. because I don't think anyone sees the Vikings as five and one and, and, and is like, OK, they are like definitely um, the, this world beating team. Uh, they don't really have that many impressive wins. And, and you know, the the one time that they really were challenged is against the Eagles. They got beat pretty bad. So I think that they are like properly rated. And I think that the Cardinals, that they obviously got off the mat uh, th- this past week against the Saints, but then now they got to go on the road. Um, so, you know, again, it comes down to can the Vikes win by more than a field goal? And I am uh, willing to to bet that. So I, I like the Vikes uh, in the in this setup. I, I think that this this should go well. I think that they, I know it's crazy to say with a Kirk Cousins led team, but that they avoid the mistakes that that sunk uh, New Orleans against the Cards last week. The Cardinals have not won at Minnesota since they were the St. Louis Cardinals since 1977. They have not won in Minnesota, um, and this used they've to actually be, gotten. This used to be uh, like the the big Larry Fitzgerald game because uh, he, he used to be the ball boy. You know, I, I don't know uh, if you heard but, about that. Yeah, his dad, I think, wrote for some newspaper in Minneapolis, right? So, yeah, that the rumors I, I think are true. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, will not be a Larry Fitzgerald game. It would be pretty wild if he played in this one. <laughs> I'm not expecting that to happen. Uh, but yeah, it, not not a great history uh, for the Arizona Cardinals coming up to Minneapolis. Uh, although with like now with the new stadium, I feel like it's not quite the same. Uh, I'll, I'll, although I guess the previous one, what was somewhat of a dome as well, more of like a balloon anyway, it, it would deflate from time yes. to time. Yes. Every now and then, you know, a massive amount of snow would just come plowing through the roof. Not a big deal. That video uh, is incredible. Even that, that is, that's like a modern Marvel step of video, um, belongs <laughs> in the Smithsonian, uh, Raider saints. We discussed, uh, you know, Pat's jets. We talked about quickly, but, I like the Pats here. I, I find myself leaning toward Bill Belichick not getting tripped up two weeks in a row. You know, the Jets maybe sputtering a little bit without Brees Hall. I, I do think James Robinson is, is a pretty nice pickup, but to me, the Jets are, are winning games, but they're they're really finding ways to scheme around Zach Wilson, and you can only get away with that so long in the NFL. Yeah, they, they were getting pretty reliant on these huge games from, from Brees Hall and, and, you know, obviously defensively, Quinton Williams has been great this year. Sauce Gardner, as good of a rookie corner uh, as you possibly could have hoped for. Um, so, I mean, that those factors are definitely helping on defense, but it's not a complete defense right. just yet. And the, and the offense, I think, is a concern. You know, now, now that now that there's no Brees Hall, so I, I I still remain, even though I don't think this is a particularly good Patriots team, I think this is a good spot for them. I just view it as like they cannot possibly look as disorganized and just out of sorts as they were uh, on Monday night at home, by the way, against the Bears. It just doesn't happen again. Uh, All right, we'll go rapid fire through these last few Steelers, Eagles, Eagles, 10 and a half. Uh, Any issues there? I I think the Eagles take care of business here coming out of a bye. But we've already seen the Steelers, you know, find ways to hang around with with better opponents this week, this year. Right. So uh, the the Steelers have mostly been pretty decent against the big spreads obviously the the bills game uh not notwithstanding uh but you get the eagles coming off the bye battle for the keystone state the the fighting phils are in the world series this weekend mm-hmm. oh, philly's like the center of the sports universe right now um so i think i think the eagles roll so get i, I will uh, give the points there yeah i don't think this is a week where they get tripped up i mean pittsburgh Seems to be playing a little better on defense, but I, I don't see that happening. 
Uh, 49ers Rams. We have completely neglected uh, some key injuries uh, for the 49ers, especially, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Debo Samuel. Obviously we expect to see more Christian McCaffrey this week. No team needed a buy like the Rams and they now come out of that by hopefully rejuvenated. Uh, they get Van Jefferson back. That can only benefit what's been just a horrendous offense so far. We, we already saw the, the 49ers smack them around once a few weeks ago. This, this rematch now in LA do you feel any differently? How much do the injuries kind of color your opinion of this game? Uh, we got 49ers minus one and a half right now on the road over at BetMGM. Right. So so the Niners are tattered, and that's been like a big, you know, reason behind their their recent skid. Uh, you know, the Atlanta game was, was pretty tough for them. And, you know, I, I don't blame them too much for last week because sometimes the Chiefs just have a good game and there's mm-hmm. really nothing that anyone can do about it. Um, but Coming back to this one, I still think that the Rams are a team that they can't just be fixed by a bye. Um, I, I understand where you know Van Jefferson coming back is definitely going to help. You know that less targets for Ben Skowernick, the better. Uh, the, the the ability to have some sort of downfield threat, I think, is is a good thing when it comes to uh, the Jefferson readdition. But the, there's still something rotten with this Rams team, and and the Niners historically have kind of owned. Uh, the Rams in the regular season at the at the very least uh, in the yep. Shanahan McVay era. So I expect that to con- continue on Sunday. It'll be eight in a row in the regular season uh, if it does continue. Uh, Giants Seahawks, what's your pick? Seahawks minus three at home. Give me the G men. I think that they, I think that they they stay they stay hot. Um, they 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 just keep finding a way. I'm really excited for this one. Like that that. That Sunday afternoon slate, that's the best game. Who would have thought that Seahawks-Giants is the best one? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think 49ers-Rams is still up there. Uh, but no, in terms of record, in, in terms of intrigue on both sides, you, you're totally right. I, why is Commanders-Colts in the late window, by the way? like I Look, I, I'm never going to complain about having four games in the late window, but um, I guess maybe it's just how it works out with some West Coast teams on the road this week. But uh, an interesting choice the- to, to put that one late. Maybe the and like the Panthers have gotten some home games at, yeah. in the four o'clock window. That that's cursed. That's totally awful. That's but, not okay. Um, I'm I'm gonna put on my tinfoil hat. I'm gonna guess that uh, Ursay knew that uh, during the autumnal solstice or whatever that the sun angle hits the mm-hmm. oil, the big oil drum in such a way uh, at that particular time of the afternoon. Uh, so I think that there, yeah. there's some gamesmanship being played by, by Ursa and company. I'm, I've got my, eye okay. Yeah. I'm not going to push back on that at all. That, that all totally checks out, uh, <laughs> Packers bills on Sunday night. Uh, this number has swelled to bills minus 11 and a half. Uh, we're, we're just receiving word in the last 10 minutes or so that Alan Lazard will likely not be available. I don't even know if it matters, man. Uh, I, I just, I really, <laughs> I really, really don't see a path. For Green Bay. I'm talking about the game and Lazard. I'm not talking about like life in general. Um, as a as a to me as a Packers fan, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be bad. I you know we the the only argument I think you can make in favor of the Packers winning this game is we've seen a bunch of big favorites lose, so maybe it'll happen again. Like that's literally it. I, I just I don't see any schematic advantages. I don't see I don't see the mat the Packers like magically becoming a good offense overnight uh, after losing three straight just horrendous games. I, I think I really, really think this ends up being like Bills thirty-eight, Packers ten. Yeah, my 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 only thinking for for the Packers making this one close is like if they have anything left in the tank for for this year, then they they have to show something 
this week. If they get totally rinsed by by Buffalo, then like th- this is it. And you know, we we we're mm-hmm. talking about you know who the who the Packers like in the in the draft uh, for for next year. I mean, it, it's it's going to get there. Um, it's going to get accelerated pretty quickly. So th- this is their last gasp. This is their last chance. And boy, uh, you know, having it be Buffalo in Buffalo with Buffalo coming off a of bye. I know, I know. It's it's worst case. <laughs> mm, mm. It's worst case in every way. Um, it, it really. This is a line that opened at Bills minus four uh, back when the schedule came out. It was still Bills minus four as recently as like week one of the NFL season. So that that gives you a little bit of a look into the window of just how far the Packers have fallen. I mean, it, to me, it's as simple as if you can't move the ball against the Jets and the Commanders and the Giants and you can't stop like essentially backup quarterbacks for four straight weeks or bad quarterbacks, I don't know how you expect any of that to be fixed against the best team in the league. No, the the Bills would need to like do their part as far as sleepwalking, and I, yeah. I don't think that that's really them. No, no, I I think there's a there's a world in which maybe that does happen, and the Packers find a way to cover this game, you know, miraculously, uh, some sort of late touchdown. But uh, I I mean, straight up, it's completely out the window for me. Mm-hmm. All right, we finished up Monday night Bengals Browns. No Jamar Chase. That that takes that you know a little bit of a hit for this game. But but if there's any team that has the receiving talent uh, to to survive for a few weeks without Chase, it is the Bengals. Uh, that line has moved a little bit. It was Bengals three and a half now down to Bengals minus three at the Cleveland Browns, a team that feels like this might be the knockout punch for the Browns if they lose this game. Yeah, they they are staggering on their feet right now. It it It's not going to take much more for, for this to, you know, kind of just be chalked up to same old brownies. Ba- basically, you know, this is what it looks like when Jacoby uh, Brissett is starting you know the the majority. Heard you almost say Jacoby Jones, by the way. You you sure did. Uh, <laughs> he's always on my mind. Uh, that guy rules. Um, yep. But yeah, even with the Chase injury, I think that, that this could just turn into a mixing game. I think that the the Browns and their run defense specifically has been pro- a big problem for them over the course of the season. So if the Bengals do need to go a little bit more run heavy this game, I think that they are well so well suited, well equipped to do so and, and have a lot of success with it. And, and, you know, this, this Browns offense just really isn't going anywhere. And I think the Bengals are, might get Logan Wilson back in the middle. So maybe that sl- slows that Browns run game just enough. So I, I still like the Bengals to cover in this one earlier in the week. I was like, man, the Bengals are going to mush them now with it. You know, now chase being out. I, I don't think that that is quite the case, um, but I still think, Bengals get this done and and uh you know shout out to the NFL for scheduling a team that wears orange and black on Halloween night. Love that. Yeah, and a team that wears orange and brown. Close enough, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's close a, enough as, indeed. It's like a yeah. Reese's cup. Exactly. I think that's exactly what they were going for with this. Uh all right, uh Survivor this week, do you have any thoughts? I, I kind of wanted to just frame it as, you know, we're, we're deep enough in the season that it's tough to give actionable advice when you don't really know who everybody has left and it would be impossible to figure that out, but Let's say you have all three of Philly, Dallas, and Buffalo to choose from. Uh, which of those three are you fading, and which one do you feel the most confident in? Um, I think I would want to not necessarily fade uh, Buffalo, but more so save them. Um, yes. And, and you know, kind of like also pr- protect yourself from the very small but uh, still existing possibility that Aaron Rodgers, like, taps into, you know, his MVP form and things get a little bit hairy there on, on Sunday night. Um I also, despite what we were saying earlier about um, that this Lions-Dolphins game, and my expectation is still the Dolphins' role, I can't quite 
put all of my eggs in the Dolphins basket just yet. So so for this week, mm-hmm. um, I'm going against the Bears. Uh, for the second week in a row, they they knocked me out last week in the in the pentathlon. So nuts, yep. nuts to them. But regardless, um, I, I will get my revenge from from beyond the grave with with Dallas uh, getting the win here. Yeah, and you have to keep in mind too some contests like I know the Circa Survivor contest they treat Christmas as its own week. So you need to make sure that you have either Packers, Dolphins, Broncos, Rams, Bucks, or Cardinals remaining to use for that. So I, that might be the spot where if you can if you can manage to hold out and save the Dolphins for that Packers game in December, um, you know, provided you're still alive at that point, which is, you know, that's week 16. So at that point, you just, you know, survive in advance, but uh, something to keep in mind in, in certain formats. All right, let's do our best bets, John. Uh, we're, we're coming in red hot. We're, we're, we both went 1-0 last week. I'm going to say it. I'm going Buffalo minus 11 and a half. Uh, no number is too high for me. Uh, is this is this maybe a little bit of an emotional play by me? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It is. I do. I want I'd almost rather Green Bay lose by like 50 in this game uh, just just to send a message, you know, for, for me personally. But uh, I think the, I think the Bills get this done. Um, we've seen them get off to some slow ish starts by their standards. I could see that happening uh, again. You know, some of these spots that just seem so obvious uh, more often than not. You know, there's always a catch with that. But uh, over the course of 60 minutes, I, I just I, I see Buffalo taking care of business. I, I think this actually ends up looking pretty similar to that uh, Bills Titans game from week two, where Ooh. you know Buffalo Buffalo got you know kind of got off to a big lead and was able to sit on it the rest of the way. Um, so I'll, I'll go Buffalo minus 11 and a half. I am locking that up. I love that um, and and g- great rationale and like it. It's just funny. For for the listeners, when you know we we are fans of of certain teams, we're humans, and it's like, yeah, you know what, my guy, I know my guys, and they suck. <laughs> <laughs> Straight from the horse's mouth, mouth, baby. Yeah, they're terrible. They are terrible. Don't bet them. So there we have it. I, I I'm I'm sold. Um, my best bet for this week is those Tennessee Titans. They just have to win by a field goal against Houston. I love that. I, I just think that there, there's enough there. Derrick Henry destroys. The Texans twice a year, every mm-hmm. year, like clockwork. It's going to happen again. Uh, I know the Tannehill stuff, it, it makes things a little funky. They have no passing game to speak of, but um, the Texans, they've got they've gotten some some injuries in their own receiving court. Davis Mills regressing a little bit here, too. So uh, I think the Titans take care of business. Okay. I like it. I like it a lot. I like the logic of just like, all you got to do is basically beat the Texans and not have it be like a one or a two point game, which when you phrase it like that seems extremely doable for the Tennessee Titans. So uh, you're going Titans minus two and a half. I'm going bills minus 11 and a half bucking the trend of big favorites being upset. I don't think we see that this weekend. Uh, Best of luck to you, John, best of luck to all the listeners betting on bet MGM this weekend. One last reminder, make sure you're using our promo code bet Roto B E T R O T O on BetMGM or on the BetMGM app. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.